0: Hello and welcome to Fidelity Connects, a Fidelity Investments Canada podcast, connecting you to the world of investing and helping you stay ahead. On today's show, we welcome Income Investing Portfolio Manager, Mark Schmel back to the show. Mark manages several funds, including Fidelity Canadian Growth Company Fund, Fidelity Global Innovators Class, and Fidelity Special Situations Fund. During these uncertain times in the market, Mark is focused on investing in the tails, cheap, boring tech stocks, that pivot to AI companies and achieve significant earnings or clear winners. He says the economy is clearly slowing down, but this is the most widely expected recession, which has not occurred so far. But his funds aren't focused on the macro environment, he says. It's a distraction from what's really important. He adds interest rates are not typically a factor in his investment decisions, but he is still mindful of it. Mark's Global Innovators Fund is a play on AI exposure. He says the early part of this cycle is going to be driven by investment, similar to when the internet came out. We know the AI build will happen, but we don't know who will be the one to build it. He adds an early part of the AI wave is deploying hardware to make it work. In the future, software is the clear beneficiary. Mark believes companies will invest in AI at a massive scale for the next 10 plus years. This podcast was recorded on September 12, 2023. Funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. Fees, expenses, and commissions are all associated with fund investments.
1: Welcome, Mark. Great to see you again. Where are you?
2: Oh, I'm in the office today in San Francisco.
1: Fantastic. Great. Great to have you join us. How are things?
2: Things are good.
1: Good. Good. Okay, well, let's um I thought we would begin with just kind of Pushing back a bit on what you do versus a lot of the the messages we get on you know you should be thinking about things like low vol or or quality or things that would prepare you for a slowdown in the economy. Uh, why invest with you?
2: So uh, all of those things are valid. Uh, the economy is clearly slowing down. Right, this is the most widely known and discounted recession I think I've ever seen, which continues to not. Happen. Um, what I would say is the way I see the world unfolding with respect to my funds is at the moment, my funds don't care about the macro. I just don't care. Um, I think that the macro is distra- a distraction from what is really important at, at the moment. And I haven't seen an opportunity like this, actually, several opportunities like this since like the 90s when the internet first came on the scene. Um, AI. And and you know, global warming and electrification, let's say, um, are incredibly powerful, durable, long-term things that we need to invest against. And I think it's very interesting. I, I think that if we didn't have the AI bomb go off in March, we would currently be in a in a recession because there'd be nothing to invest in. But if you're a company and you are active anywhere in business, anywhere in the world. You need to invest against this and you just don't care. Like you just don't care about a lot of things and you've got to get this right. And in my experience, whenever the market has something it can really sink its teeth in, into and you can invest against, it doesn't go down. Yeah, parts of the market are going to go down, but other parts of the market are going to be just fine. Because if you're Microsoft and Amazon, you're going to invest in A.I., for the next 10 years at massive scale who cares so, what well, happens <laughs>
1: okay no i i mean i figured you might say something along those lines but I, I, that's that's brilliant and at what point will companies across the board across sectors not necessarily tech companies and the ones that you're spending a lot of time on but when will companies notice the effects of ai within their companies and it is reflected in the valuation of those companies any company
2: we we're nowhere we're absolutely nowhere so people only realized that chat GPT could do the things it could do like in January and February and the public only really became aware in March and April. And, you know, the C-suite really started to wake up in May. Uh, companies like fidelity, for example, we have like 130 different AI generative AI projects on the go. A lot of them I've seen some early results and I'm like, it's amazing stuff. And, and I think that the, it's so new. And it's funny i read i keep reading there's a bubble but it is so new and so powerful and it's getting better at such a rapid rate that i i, I don't think anyone knows it's very funny we had a um, i had a meeting with nvidia last week and a lot of the questions I, we're asking we're like they don't know the answer to right even NVIDIA know. doesn't know the answer. NVIDIA has no ideas. Like, they have some ideas, they throw some stuff out there, but nobody really knows what it is. And if you think back to, like, mobile, for example, it took years for people to figure out how to use phones to make Uber, right? Like, it, it takes a long time to implement a new technology. The difference with AI versus, let's say, mobile. And it's sort of analogous to the the internet is you can see all the applications that it can be put to. Like you can just see them. Like uh, I'm looking at my desktop and half the stuff on my desktop I don't need. I can have an AI do it. So because it's so visible, the market can take a stab at trying to price it. But because it's so early, we don't know. (laughs) Is the answer So it's actually quite tricky. It's very, very tricky to figure out who are the AI winners and who are the losers. We're all doing the same game um there are some obvious early winners but the the medium and longer term winners that's a, that's still way up in the air
1: so you traditionally invest in the tails you'll you'll often say uh, for this theme trend uh maybe revolution what are the tails exactly
2: so the tails in this case are i have a whole category that i list as ancient tech dinosaurs that suddenly turn into ai plays so these are companies that have been left for dead, and but they still have all their relationships, right? And salespeople, but they're old tech and terrible companies. And suddenly AI comes along and they're like, wait, uh, we, we can just plug that thing in. We take ChatGPT, we download it, we plug it into our like existing networks. And suddenly we turn into an AI company. So there's a lot of really cheap, boring old tech stocks that, that are gonna turn into AI companies. And some of them could be really great. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of that. There's a lot of like, let's go back to the nineties and see what worked in the nineties and see who's still around. And oh wait, they can use AI and transform their business. And holy cow, it's trading at five times earnings, and now it's worth 30. So there's wow. a lot of there's a lot of that kind of stuff that you can do in the one tail. And then on the other tail, there's the there's like the clear winners, right? Like so the NVIDIA's of the world, the maybe the data center guys, the cooling guys. Um the picks and shovels <laughs> so it's so funny um i keep reading about how nvidia is a bubble it's like overvalued and and they just keep putting up like massive massive quarters like we talked to jensen probably every three months tell the earnings what, are so low
1: <laughs> so low there's just a long way to run so tell oh. us what certain companies i mean th- this is We're almost in a different realm of talking about first movers, but if you will, just sort of use that analogy. What have they got that the rest of us don't? What 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 are we trying to catch up on here specifically? uh, I guess either for that company or others. Like, what what are the problems out there that we don't have enough of, and people are kind of hustling to get more of?
2: So it's a wave, right? So I I tell people it's kind of like it's 1997. So we you know we got two to three years of like craziness ahead. So Right now, the early part of the wave is companies need to deploy hardware to make this stuff work. It's really hard. Making AI work is really, really hard. It requires enormous amounts of power. It requires GPUs. It requires very interesting network solutions. So there's a lot of things that are new. And if you look at you know Microsoft or you know Google, their data centers aren't actually set up for an AI. True AI workloads. Like nobody's really set up for it, which is why there are very few really great AI applications because the network is so difficult to build. And that's what you're seeing now. Now you're seeing companies like Meta and whatnot race to, to build out a, a GPU 100%, you know, accelerated compute data center. And, and that's are you building
1: future. on top of uh, data centers and therefore data center companies or, or is this actually new build, new infrastructure?
2: So, so it's very hard to put in uh, a, a GPU data cluster into a, an existing data center because there's not enough power. So the amount of power that a, a, an AI, a generative AI sort of data center uses is 15 times the amount of power a normal data center uses. And 15. so if, you, if you, 15. Whoa. So like a typical data center is like a, like a small town and Chat GPT alone, I believe is like the power of like Connecticut or Rhode Island all by itself, like the power use for one app is off the charts. So if you're the local electric utility and you you're powering this data center and it goes up 15 times, you, you don't have the power to do it. So it's very difficult to build this stuff. And that's what we're currently seeing. We're seeing bottlenecks all over the place on, you know, electrical, electrical machinery, electrical workers, permitting, So there's there's just a lot of bottlenecks, and the companies that are in all those bottlenecks are the ones you can invest in now to make money. In the future, I think you're going to want to own like software is the clear beneficiary of all this. Um, It was funny we we had a meeting with Reed Hoffman, who's got two AI companies, and he he explained it best. It's like it's like we discovered a magic spell book in the woods. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> and it does all these magical things and we don't know what they all do or how it works but it's incredible um and that's what's going to happen to software software is going to just it's going to transform like you've never seen but we don't so, know where or
1: how but we don't know where <laughs> or how exactly um yep. I'll just—we'll come back to this because there's piles of questions coming in. But I just wanted to get your sense on some other parts, other sectors which may also be deploying AI, and that's why they're attractive. But at one point, you were quite interested in healthcare. I think it was earlier this year. Just bring us up to date a bit.
2: So I still own some healthcare. Um, there are some clear winners in healthcare in, cur- in terms of current trends, but and, and healthcare is a defensive group. So as the economy slows and the consu- like the consumers under massive pressure. Um, and I think it's very fair to say we're going to have a consumer recession. Like we're probably in one or we're going to hit one and healthcare doesn't care about that. So it's kind of, sort of immune. Um, and I think that AI is going to be immune. And I think that, you know, electrification, which is, is, is led by government spending is going to be immune. So I think you're going to have this weird market where broad parts of this market are just going to ignore the recession. And other parts are going to be in severe pain. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting. And, and it does remind me of the 90s. I mean, in the 90s, the economy was not great. But the internet bubble just went bananas. Um, and you can see the same thing again.
1: So one of the things that happens in bubbles, and, and again, whether it is or it isn't or whatever, I'll leave that to you. But but is this sort of sense that people will pay any valuation for, for to get some? I mean, that's, that's sort of what happens. So this question, Mark, given how early some of these themes are, how important is valuation, or how do you view valuations um, in the context of of other factors right now? Do you just need to get your hands on them?
2: So it's interesting. I would say that a lot of the picks and shovels companies are cheap because the earnings have exploded, and everyone thinks it's a bubble, and we're only like three months in, which is hysterical, like NVIDIA. But folks are scared, A, of recession, B, of higher rates, and C, that, oh, it's all over, which is hilarious. Um, So the picks and shovels are not expensive. I would say that the beneficiaries are not expensive because nobody knows who they are. Like I have no idea. I I've, I've got a whole bunch of ideas, and I bought a whole bunch of different software companies, and I'm hoping some of them are beneficiaries, but it's not being priced in. Like it's just not. Um, there's no bubble. There's just no
1: bubble. A bubble, and it's, and things aren't too expensive. Okay, so there you go. Um, being no on bubble. the west, being on the west coast. Is there are there types of you always get granularity because you're you're just kind of more on the ground. But is there anything you can kind of point to or share with us that's that's going on that's of interest that that you walk by or talk to people every day about?
2: Well, sure. I made a ton of money this year because I was actually based here. Um, we went to this conference. It was in um, in Hayes Alley. It was a very early AI conference that sort of happened right at the beginning uh, literally a week after everyone realized wait ai might be big and it was just it was a zoo and i talked to all these different companies and i pretty much came out of that conference and bottled all of them and they all went up um and like you can't you can't do that if you're not actually here on the ground and so no that the access is unbelievable i have lunch every day with different venture capital guys and we all chat about like what does we want to do? I, I met with one company. They're trying to build a semiconductor company in the desert with a giant like laser. I mean, there's like all kinds of weird things. So it's very useful. It's incredibly useful, and this is the place, right? All the AI companies are here. Anthropic is is two doors down. Um, you know, OpenAI is in the mission. It's AI is here, and I'm running into people all over the place who are trying to get jobs there working there anyway. You, it's you a just
1: huge like Eat really healthy lunches all the time. Like is no. that okay. I am in,
2: a, glass I'm glass in San Francisco. It's like so much bad food and like tons of dive bars. It's really bad for your health.
1: Okay. Well that's, that's encouraging on some level. Okay. I'm kinda of glad to hear that. Okay. Lots <laughs> of questions rolling in here. I thought it was all greens and
2: everything. Mm-mm.
1: So going back to that's the power needed um, to 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 power AI. Could crypto miners be useful to fuel AI creation? Maybe the data center questions. Uh, how, how do you look at that?
2: So it's already happened. Um, there's a private company called CoreWeave that is is out there. Old um, crypto company that, you know, had had power and they they sort of shifted gears to doing AI. Not in every case, because a lot of them just don't have the right hardware. They have older stuff and it just won't work but they do have some power.
1: And so what is going on right now? What, like what are companies doing there? They're making sure they have data so they can sort of make sure the bias side of things is as low as it can be. Are they, what, what is happening? What are companies doing right now to get ready or actually implement?
2: So everyone's experimenting. Um, the most common thing you see, and it's just like Fidelity, there are hundreds of projects on the go. You download ChatGPT, you plug it into your data stack and you start running experiments and you try and see, Where does this benefit me and how does it benefit me and what's the cost benefit of that? And so that's the very first stage, people messing around with it. Everybody's messing around with it. Nobody really has a sense of what to do with it. Like there's still some issues with it. And some applications work better than others. The thing that I believe that folks haven't quite understood is that chat GPT, what GPT for, is going to get better really, really fast. And so what they're playing around with now is like not even close to what it's going to look like two years from now. And so you can start to see some of the early functionality and you go, wait, this is going to get a lot better. And I want to plug this in here, here and here. So that's the problem. Like none of us know. There's so much stuff that we can we can get AIs to do at least like do the first pass at. And then, you know, you have the human go through and like. Fix it. Um, it's called there's
1: so journalism. much. It's called editing, but yeah. Yes, yes,
2: it's yes. editing, right?
1: Are you edit it? Yeah. Um, what's on your desk? You said on your desk, there's like a whole bunch of things. I'm just trying to get pictures of, you know, what could be done. What becomes irrelevant? What's on your desk that's irrelevant in a year and a, or a year and two years?
2: I get all these notes about the quarters, right? Like, so company X reported a quarter. The analyst writes it all down. There's no reason for an analyst to do that. These people are paid a ton of money. To think about stocks, I don't need a a quarterly report. I get tons of these. I must get 100 of them a day. So why do we have that many analysts writing those things? All the stuff I get from the street, why do I get that? Like, why is there somebody on Wall Street writing these reports? There's no reason to. AIs could do it. Um, You know, there's all these summaries that I get. AIs can do all that stuff. I got all these spreadsheets. Why isn't an AI build it? I have to go in every day and mess around with it and it takes me hours. Like, there's no reason. There's no value there. So... There's just a lot of stuff that an AI could do that would solve a lot of pain points and free up free time for me to do other things. Um, And I think that's true with everybody.
1: So if we go into different um, parts of the market, um, there seems to be a couple of different thoughts and maybe no no one knows, but the data companies, and I don't mean like whatever, you know, two company collecting data on who buys what sizes, colors and so on. I mean, the data financial companies Mm -hmm. that sell their data Um, Mm -hmm. Can an AI just do that for them or does it actually improve what they do because maybe at some point they'll just be even better at it and their trusted name and so on? Like, will it aid them? Or in fact, can people just get the data elsewhere? Like, I'm sort of curious about those types of things.
2: So the early thesis is that the data is really important. You know, so if you think about a Thompson, right, they have all this financial and legal data that nobody else has. And that's really valuable to train AIs. And you can build an incredible legal AI based on their data. So that is is certainly a thesis. And nobody knows if it's true or not. So this is the problem. Like, it's a good idea. It makes sense to me intuitively. But does it really matter? I don't know. Um, Could an AI get so smart from scraping all the stuff on the internet anyway that it doesn't need the fancy legal data that Thompson has? I don't know. Um, So, like, literally... I had this conversation with Jensen, and it, the thing he says all the time is, "I don't know." Like none of us know. Like, <laughs> we're just what everyone is just speculating. What we know is that you can see all the different applications it should be able to handle, and then there's all these new ones that, like, nobody knew these things could code. Like nobody. It was just like, where did this come from? Um, that's the thing. It's like magic. It's like this magic box that's solving all these problems that nobody knew that could even be solved. And we don't know how to use it. It's like this shiny new toy. So, yeah, there's a lot of unknowns. And that's why the early part of this cycle is going to be driven by just the investment. It's the same in the Internet, right? When the Internet came out, you wanted to own Cisco and the telcos and like all the guys who just built the thing. Because nobody knew which of like the pets.com was going to work. But we all knew that the the Internet build that was going to happen. That's the same thing you're seeing here. You know the AI build-out is going to happen, but we don't know who Uber is going to be yet. So right. we, we're just guessing.
1: I, I like that we're having this conversation on the day. I think, I think Harry Potter or something connected to Harry Potter rang the bell in the NASDAQ this morning. And, yeah, magical box in the woods. Who knew that kids yeah. would want to read again? Yeah, I, I feel yeah. like that's sort of appropriate 25 years ago. Okay, let's go through some of these questions. Interest rates, are they a factor when you're considering when you're making your security selection?
2: So, uh, no. Um, but I have to be mindful of it. So we've spent the last two years where interest rates have really impacted valuation because they got so low and the math was so compelling on the other side. I I feel as though the brunt of that valuation repricing has happened as we've gone from zero to five. Um, so I don't feel like it's going to matter. And I don't think we're going to go from five to 10. The economy slowing down way too fast. Um, for me to believe that rates are going to go really, really high from here, so uh, I'm not actively thinking about interest rates. I, I think they're sort of where they should be, and you know, I don't think it matters anymore. Um, if
1: rates come down a bit because inflation comes down a bit, does that make growth a little easier?
2: It might, but in general, I, I, you know, is it going to come down to two? No, probably not. So maybe it goes from five to three and a half. I just the math is the math on the discounted value is less compelling. So it might be a little bit of a tailwind, but I don't think it really matters. In general, macro doesn't matter.
1: General macro doesn't matter. Okay, well, so uh, we've been watching the oil price lately. (laughs) It's sort of interesting. I was actually going to ask if sort of commodities, mining, everything, also is ripe for AI to come in and kind of sweep their operations off their feet. It sounds like they they probably could use it too. But the question is, thoughts on energy and oil? I mean, I guess just vis-a-vis, if you've got data centers that need to be um, fueled in whatever way they're doing it. They're looking for electrification, but um these things are all connected, as we know.
2: They are all connected. Power is a huge issue. Um, power is one of the biggest things I'm investing in. Uh, I think that, honestly, I think that nuclear is the only option to save the planet. Like, that's it. We need incredible amounts of power and we need it to be carbon-free and we need it to be baseload. And that's it. So okay. people aren't going to build oil and gas because, I mean, the, you're not going to be able to go outside. If we get some more summers and they're going to get worse than we had like this year. So we're going to build nuclear like forever um, because it is clean and we need so much power. And so for me, in energy, that's the place to go. Um, less, It's less compelling for me to go to oil. There's lots of oil. Um, sure. The Saudis are holding a bunch of it off. So, yeah. yeah. There's but lots the of power. Power is a huge thing.
1: Huge. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, you started off talking about what kind of um, power is needed for, for the data center. So that's, that's going to be something fascinating to watch, how that all gets handled. Um, we really appreciate speaking with you. Is there any final thought you want to leave people with, just maybe the way you started with, you know, why, why people might want to look at this versus worry?
2: I think that, I think that if the more you, time you spend thinking about macro, the less money you're going to make. Um, quit worrying about the end of the world and start looking at where things are getting better. And things are getting better in, in two or three giant verticals that are very investable. And, and I think that we should just like, stop worrying about the end of the world and um, think about where the world is going.
1: Excellent. Okay. We'll leave it at that. Marshmallow, great to see you. Thanks for joining us. All the best.
2: Thanks, guys.
0: Thanks for listening to the Fidelity Connects podcast. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to Fidelity Connects on your podcast platform of choice. And if you like what you're hearing, leave a review or a five-star rating. Fidelity Mutual Funds and ETFs are available by working with a financial advisor or through an online brokerage account. Visit fidelity.ca slash buy for more information. While visiting fidelity.ca, you can also find information on future live webcasts. And don't forget to follow Fidelity Canada on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks again. See you next time.